What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. What is going on, Cover 7 family? We're back at it again for episode 48 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all have had a fantastic start to y'all's week. I know I definitely did. I went to downtown Fort Worth on Tuesday and was able to kind of record some of this new podcast that I'm creating with some TCU players, which I will discuss at a later time, possibly during the summer. But it's something huge to look forward to and possibly another journey and adventure that I have going on later in my podcasting career so definitely definitely you know keep in check for some possible hints at what this new podcast might be and obviously when everything becomes official i'll make sure to shout it out now guys in today's episode we do have a kind of some interesting news to talk about tom brady will actually become a full-time analyst once he does retire now this could be two to three years from now or this could be probably 15 years you know at the the rate Tom Brady's going it probably won't be for another 15 years but and then some other news Nikola Jokic he wins the NBA MVP and I'm kind of going to talk about why that is controversial to a lot of people and maybe why you know Joel Embiid the um, Philadelphia 76ers star he deserved it more than Nikola Jokic now guys not really too much college football news there just hasn't been really that much going on. But Ohio State, they did get another five-star quarterback, so we will discuss that, obviously, at the beginning of the episode. But before we do get into today's episode, I do want to ask y'all first to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast, at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. As always, I will leave a link down in the description. And guys, I can't tell y'all enough how thankful I am for all the support y'all have shown me, whether it's been in the past couple days, weeks, and even months since we did start this podcast back in January. Once again, I'm just super thankful to be able to have y'all as such a great community and family. And enough of me blabbering, let's finally get into today's episode. In the first part of today, we will be talking about Ohio State grabbing another five-star quarterback recruit. And this comes in 2024, five-star quarterback recruit. 8th ranked player in the whole country out of Chandler, Arizona, Dylan Rayola. Now, Dylan Rayola, he is 6'3", 225 pounds, something that obviously you're going to want in a quarterback. Now, he is ranked as a number one quarterback in the whole country and apparently is also ranked as a number one national player in the 24-7 sports rankings. So, obviously, a huge prospect for the Ohio State Buckeyes to land. As we know, they just they get five-star recruits like it's bubblegum pretty much. I mean, they put in 50 cents, they automatically get, you know, two five-star quarterbacks out of it. And we saw, you know, they got Quinn Ewers a couple years ago, obviously, or not a couple years ago, about a year ago or so. Things didn't work out. Quinn simply used them to get some NIL money, which... I don't really blame him. We all would have done the same exact thing that he did, decided to jump ship and go to Texas. And now, obviously, Ohio State can look really, really to the future. As you know, C.J. Stroud, once he's gone, they're probably going to be looking for the next great quarterback at Ohio State. And I definitely think Dylan has the potential to take that stepping stone and, you know, possibly be able to lead them back to that. As he, you know, he's a very 
physically gifted player. I mean, his dad was an All-American at Nebraska and played 12 seasons in the NFL. So, obviously, he has, you know, great football genes. So, nothing less great pickup for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And just continues to, you know, kind of strengthen the argument that, you know, Ohio State is quarterback or college football quarterback you because, obviously, the NFL, they definitely are not what you would consider the best at producing quarterbacks. But anyway, I mean, Justin Fields might turn around that whole stigma, but nothing less. As of right now, they're just, eh. <laughs> now, so we're actually going to be switching to the FCS. We're going to get off the FBS for a little bit. We will be going down to the FCS, and this is regarding North Dakota State quarterback Quincy Patterson. Now, Quincy Patterson was originally from, from Virginia Tech. He ended up transferring last season to North Dakota State. It was actually their starting quarterback before he ended up being replaced by Cam Miller in Week 7 against Missouri State. And then kind of just the rest of North Dakota State season, he just really was more used in running plays, third, third and short situations. And, you know, it was one of those situations where they just didn't really have a use for him anymore. He was not going to be a starter anymore. And, you know, Patterson decided, hey, you know what, this isn't going to work for me here at North Dakota State, so I'm going to transfer. And you're probably wondering, why would this matter? I mean, it's dude, dude's transferring from an FCS school, and it's not because he was too good. It's because, you know, he got beat out in spring ball. Well, he still does have – obviously a lot of tremendous talent he has great size and he could possibly be good at a group of five school maybe like florida atlantic florida international or you know a smaller school i mean don't don't get me twisted north dakota state is probably better than half of the fbs teams i mean let's just be completely honest north dakota state and they've produced more quarterbacks and guys like and yes i know carson wentz has not been the greatest quarterback as of recently but you do have to remember how good he was at the beginning of his career especially that 2017 season where he almost could have won MVP if he did not get injured against the Rams. And the fact that he pretty much led the Eagles to a Super Bowl, I mean, obviously Nick Foles finished the job, but they would not have been in that position without Carson Wentz. But nothingless, Quincy Patterson is entering the transfer portal and, just, and you know, another pretty talented quarterback also is available for whatever school to look for him. Now, for the next and final college football news that we actually do have today, and this is regarding former Texas football wide receiver Joshua Moore. Now, Joshua Moore, a couple weeks ago, he actually had entered the transfer portal due to simply getting pushed on the depth chart, getting guys like Alabama transfer wide receiver Ajayi Hall, and then the fact they already had former five-star wide receiver and Xavier Worthy. He was just not really going to see any new time at all, and it was pretty much set in stone that hey he would have to go somewhere else so he entered the transfer portal and actually a couple and you know about a couple weeks ago he actually did commit to SMU it looked like SMU and coach Rhett Lashley they would be adding to an already impressive offense still retaining guys like Tanner Mordecai and then Preston Stone in the future so it was looking really good for the Mustangs now a couple days ago they got a lot of transfers and I mean a lot in a short kind of window span most importantly, they got two Power 5 wide receiver transfers and former Texas wide receiver Kelvante Dixon and former Mississippi State wide receiver Teddy Knox, which kind of begged the question, why are they still going after wide receivers in the transfer portal? Joshua Moore, who was already a proven starter at Texas before he did enter the transfer portal, you know, why would they continue to add competition when there's not needed? Well, on Tuesday, it, you know, set light to the whole situation. Joshua Moore rumored by a couple reports would not be actually going to SMU he would kind of be taking away his commitment and 
So it looks like he never will actually join SMU and the Mustangs, and he actually will continue to stay in the transfer portal. So once again, another wide receiver to add alongside Jordan Addison, who Jordan Addison just visited um, Austin, Texas down there at UT on Tuesday. So it, this is just one of the craziest college football offseasons we have had in such a long time. It's only going to con continue to get crazier once we get closer to about August and all that when fall camp and all that starts for these guys. So nothing less. That is really it for today's college football news. Not, nothing too, too much to report about. I mean, not enough breaking stuff really, I guess you could say. But still some pretty interesting news. And, I mean, I'm kind of shocked Joshua Moore did not decide to stay at SMU. I mean, he had two solid starting quarterbacks to throw the ball to him. In my opinion, probably would be better than Quinn Ewers. And, yes, Tanner Mordecai is an amazing quarterback. In my opinion, he is such a great deep, deep ball. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Sam Howell, who just got drafted by the commander in this year's draft. But nothing less, another super talented wide receiver to add alongside Jordan Addison are in the transfer portal. Now, guys, that is it for today's college football news. Now let's transition over to some NFL news. And we actually got some leaks for the Christmas and Thanksgiving schedule. Apparently, the Dolphins, they might actually be getting a Thanksgiving game. However, they will be traveling up to Detroit, where obviously the early the early window of Thanksgiving that's where you know every single Thanksgiving game is held now let's kind of go down how they're wanting to do it so apparently it'll be the Dolphins and Lions at 12 30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS on Thanksgiving Day and then obviously the middle frame will be we don't know yet a team at Dallas Cowboys at 4 30 p.m. Eastern on Fox and then the night game, which will be at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC, has still not yet been announced. So we'll probably have to wait until, I think, May 16th when the NFL releases a full schedule. Now, we actually did get one Christmas Day game, and this will be the middle middle window game. And this, will be, and this will be between the Broncos at the Los Angeles Rams. This game will take place at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS and Nickelodeon. And, yes, it will be on Nickelodeon. So for all you kids out there, you will have Christmas Day football on your favorite you know television network so I think that's pretty cool but nothing less that will be a really interesting game to watch I mean Russell Wilson will be taking on Bobby Wagner you know you know former Super Bowl winning teammates now they're opponents on it's just gonna be weird just first I mean we're gonna be seeing Russell Wilson at a Broncos uniform which that's gonna take me a while to get used to and then we're also gonna see Bobby Wagner in a Rams uniform which obviously was their conference foe for the longest time and not just conference, they're division foe. So I think that'll be a really good Christmas Day game. And nothing less, this is the NFL is kind of, you know, outshining itself this year when it comes to these holiday games. Obviously, they're finally doing a Christmas triple day header to kind of compete with the NBA, which the NBA has kind of been known to rule uh, Christmas Day. But it's looking like the NFL is trying to come after that and expect for them to continue to make moves. So that does happen. Speaking of making moves, the um, Dallas, Texas, their mayor, Eric Johnson, which this is in my area, he recently had talked about hoping that Dallas could possibly receive another NFL team if the NFL decides to have an expansion. Now, you're probably wondering, why the heck would they do this? They already have the Dallas Cowboys, which they are arguably a top five most um, most valuable you know franchise in the whole country. And yes, you are right. They are. They are easily one of the more valuable teams in the whole country. But the fact that Dallas is creeping up on Chicago is apparently the third largest metropolitan area in the whole country. 
which in case you don't know, it's kind of putting it in size with cities like New York and Los Angeles. It's going to drive for Dallas to possibly have a bigger market, and the only way they can do that is continuing to expand and have competition and obviously having a south, you know, because here's what he was thinking with adding another team to Dallas. This new team would be probably in the southern part of Dallas. It would be in the AFC versus the Cowboys obviously being in the NFC. And the fact that it would also possibly make Jerry Jones a little bit richer, too, because, I mean, it's just Dallas. I guess there would be something. Because, I mean, think about it. Jerry Jones is not just going to let this happen. They would have to probably play in the same stadium. And, obviously, Jerry Jones owns AT&T Stadium. So you can kind of guess you're playing double the amount of games each year. On top of that, all the concerts and events you hold at the stadium. I mean, it seems like a great monopoly scheme for everyone to pretty much get what they want. And I think it would be cool to kind of see some little, a little bit of diversity in Texas. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Texans, when they're good, you can – I mean, they just don't have that strong of a fan base. But if you get another team in Dallas where that is obviously football heaven for a lot of people, that would be really cool to see. Just, you know, Dallas Cowboys versus the Dallas – I honestly have no idea because it is it, it couldn't be Texans, but it'd probably be something you know something probably that none of us would be able to guess. But it would be kind of cool to see what could possibly happen with the Dallas Cowboys because obviously, as we all know, they're not you know performing to the extent that a lot of fans want. They're not performing to the to an extent that the NFL wants. So that's kind of drives the question: if the mayor is wanting an NFL team. Could this possibly happen in the future? We all know the NFL. They're going to want to expand, especially how you know big the, the sport of, of football is becoming. It's just bound to happen now. That doesn't mean it's just going to happen in Dallas or it's going to happen in Chicago and all these cities are going to get two teams. Obviously, they'll probably try and put it in you know separate towns that don't have a team. But definitely continue to watch and monitor the situation because we possibly could see another franchise be put in Dallas and could compete with, you know, the legendary Dallas Cowboys. Now, guys, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're going to absolutely take the Cowboys out of contention or whatever y'all want to put it as, but that would be pretty cool to see how well, you know, Dallas would take on a new team besides the Cowboys, considering how bad the Cowboys have been these past couple of years. Now, besides that, we did get some pretty interesting news about Tom Brady, the current Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Patriots legend, and obviously arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And apparently, and this not apparently, but on Tuesday morning, it was announced that Tom Brady has signed a deal with Fox Sports as a lead analyst whenever his career ends. And this wasn't really shocking. I figured, and I know a lot of the NFL community and just the football community as a whole expected him to take some type of man manager role or, you know, kind of like what Troy Aikman does, that type of role, which is what he will be doing. Now, it was crazy once we found out the the details and the contract that Fox Sports is going to be giving him because his contract will be 10 years, and yes, this number is accurate, $375 million. 10 years 375 million dollars he has never stepped foot into a booth yet we don't know if he will be the next Troy Aikman in terms of you know Hall of Fame players going into the announcer booth right you know what I mean so he could be a complete flop and they're going to be owing him hundreds of millions or obviously it's going to be Tom Brady and we're all just going to fall in love with the fact that hey Tom Brady is still somewhat involved in the NFL, but I do think it's really cool that we will continue to have Brady. 
I think it's cool the fact that they're actually giving him a shot. And I mean, this literally makes in that contract. In case you don't know, is the largest in sports broadcasting history. And yeah, so Tom Brady continues to make history even outside of football. So <laughs> don't ever doubt his legendariness or his legacy and how it will be left because he's going to be making a legacy in two different fields now. The fact that he just got the biggest contract in broadcasting sports or um, sports broadcasting. So imagine how guys like Stephen A. Smith and all that are going to react to this. Like, I'm only getting paid 2 to $3 million. Tom Brady's getting paid more than most you know, professional athletes to do this. So, uh, you know, raise my pay, ESPN. I'm not going to continue to get lowballed. And once again, Tom Brady's changing the whole free agency game in terms of uh, broadcasting now. So we've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it in the MLB. And now we're going to see it in broadcasting. So Tom Brady just continues to screw things over. Uh, and then the next kind of rumor or news that we have is CBS Sports. So they already released their way too early 2023 NFL mock draft. And this was kind of interesting to me. So CBS at the number one overall pick, which the Houston Texans will be picking, they apparently take Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Now I like Will Levis simply for his athletic ability and how strong he is as a quarterback. But he doesn't have that great of an arm. We've all seen it before. He kind of plays like a t Taysom Hill type role. Not role, but kind of has Taysom Hill traits. And, you know, looks, you know, obviously he's a better runner than he is a passer. And to think that fact that next year's quarterback class will consist of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, probably Spencer Rattler, and, I mean, just a couple more. You know, there will probably be some sneaky good. Maybe if Emory Jones does pretty well in Arizona State, we might see his name rise. You know, guys like that, and apparently Will Levis is going to take over and be the number one overall pick, doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, CBS has been releasing some kind of questionable mock drafts. If you want to go see it, you can go look it up yourself. I don't want to waste y'all's time reading it off because when I tell y'all they are pretty uh, not good, I mean, they are pretty not good. So, But anyway, I kind of wanted to just let y'all know that, yeah, CBS genuinely thinks that um, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis will go number one overall over guys like Bijan Robinson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Um, let's see here, who's who 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 also is in that class? Golly, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I can't even think. Possibly Zach Evans if he shows out with um, Ole Miss this year. You know, just a bunch of guys. But anyway, I just kind of want to let y'all know because I found it really interesting the fact that. A guy that transferred from Penn State has been okay at Kentucky. Doesn't really show any NFL traits besides being, you know, very physical and kind of versatile, I guess you could say. And, and you can kind of use him as a Swiss Army tool, like how the Saints use Taysom Hill. That's really the only plus he gives to a team. So, anywho, now let's actually get to some NFL news. And I'm just going to kind of read it off for y'all guys. You know, don't want to have y'all hanging for too, too long. The New York Jets, they're releasing cornerback James Bradbury, who just got off a of Pro Bowl year two years ago. I mean, this wasn't a matter of James Bradbury not putting up any production because obviously he was still solid last year. It's the fact that I think his cap was about $11.5 million, and he wasn't playing up to $11.5 million, especially at the corner position. Now, I do think it's not the worst. I mean, he could be getting paid fifteen, twenty million up there with guys like guys like Jalen Ramsey, and he's only doing half the half that production that Jalen's doing. So it wasn't the end of the world. They, I mean, Dory Jackson was an absolute 
bust free agent signing from last year didn't really show up. They lost your Bill Peppers. They cut Logan Ryan. The secondary is already pretty thin, and now that you just literally got rid of James Bradbury, I mean, you've got Xavier McKinney, Julian Love. Um, who else they got? They've got a couple other young guys, but I mean, it's still. That's just the Giants for you. I mean, they did it pretty solid in the draft. Don't get me wrong. When they got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau in three picks of each other, I mean, that was an amazing draft. But I do think the New York Jets, or not New York Jets, the New York Giants, they still need to improve in free agency terms. Because, I mean, they still make boneheaded decisions when it comes to free agency. If they could have possibly talked it out with James and possibly found a way for him to restructure his contract because obviously they wanted him to kind of cut down his cap for them this year, I bet you would probably do it because he knew if he was going to get cut, you know, there's no chance in hell that he was going to make any more money than he probably would have gotten with a restructured contract. So, anyway, the next news we have, it's actually between the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins apparently still feel the need that they need more running backs. So they went out and got former Georgia and New England Patriots running back Sony Michelle, who just got off his Super Bowl winning season with the LA Rams. So congratulations to Sony for that. But the Miami Dolphins signed Sony Michelle to a one-year deal. Now this officially makes the Miami Dolphins backfield consist of Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskins, Salvin Ahmed, and now Sony Michelle. Yeah, pretty crowded backfield. It's starting to look like Ole Miss in the NFL, where they just continue to grab and grab and grab all these pretty good running backs. And now, don't get me wrong, I think probably two of them will end up injured somehow. So the, obviously that's where these other two will come in handy. But I do think they do. They should focus a little bit more, possibly on getting a guy like J.C. Treader at the center position. That would be huge for them. You know what I mean? They need to work. They need to worry more about the offensive line, especially now that you got Tyree Kill from the Chiefs. I mean, dude, I think anybody would want to come to Miami now because it's showing, hey, the Dolphins are making moves. So Dolphins make moves, continue to make moves to better that offense and actually let Tua flourish in a decent offense. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Tua is going to make multiple mistakes. He always has and always will, but you're at least making it now to where he doesn't have an excuse of, oh, well, Devontae Parker's my wide receiver one, or, oh, you know, Jalen Waddle. I mean, yeah, he's good and all, but I need more options than just Jalen Waddle, right? So now that you finally give him Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gusecki, a healthy Mike Gusecki, he has no excuse. So anyway, yeah, the Miami Dolphins actually do own half the running backs in the NFL now. Now, for the next news, it's regarding the Baltimore Ravens, and they actually decided to go out and get a running back themselves, which it's about time. The Baltimore Ravens are signing running back Mike Davis to a one-year deal. This comes after Mike Davis just got cut by the Atlanta Falcons about a week or two ago. He kind of flourished with the um, Carolina Panthers during the COVID season, signed a two-year deal with the Falcons in the offseason of 2021. Kind of was disappointing in his two years with Atlanta. Not really his fault. I mean, the Falcons kind of falcon the past couple years so there's not much he really could do so hopefully Baltimore uses them in the right way uses him and J.K. Dobbins as a one-two tandem and we absolutely see their backfield with Lamar Jackson flourish even after they did trade Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals I mean I know Rashad Bateman will obviously step up their first round pick from a year ago there's no questions about that I think they will continue to make moves in order to you know, improve. Probably they'll go get another um, veteran free agent. Maybe we might see T.Y. Um, Hilton. We might, I mean, you, you never know what the Ravens will do at the last second. So, but anyway, 
the final NFL news that we actually have for today is regarding the Houston Texans. Now, the Texans, they continue to sign a lot of these veteran players, and they actually really did get a personal favorite of mine. They went out and got defensive end Jerry Hughes from the Buffalo Bills. They're signing him to a one-year deal. Now, obviously, the Houston Texans are super young on the defensive side. I mean, they went out and got Derek Stingley in the first round, third overall, which I do think is a great project pick if they actually develop him the right way and let him heal and recover properly because we all saw during his freshman year at LSU, he was an absolute stud. He showed All-American potential. He was a unanimous All-American um, first round, for not first round, first pick overall. But, I mean, he literally played better than any corner in um, college football at the age of, I think, like 18, so... The potential's there. I mean, he, you know, football runs through his family. His his um, grandfather played in the NFL with the Patriots, so it, it was a no-brainer. But, yeah, the Houston Texans, they go out and get longtime veteran defensive end Jerry Hughes, who actually comes from TCU, cough, cough, you know, most consistent. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, but, but nothing less great pickup for the Texans as it gives them a veteran presence for that really young defensive core. Now, guys, that is it for today's NFL news. That is absolutely it. There's nothing else to talk about. I mean, I'll once we get more um, some of the holiday games released, I'll make sure to talk about that. But I'll probably have to wait till next week when they actually do release all the games. But besides that, I do want to talk about a couple NBA things. You know, obviously the main one being Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic winning the NBA MVP for 2022 or 2021-2022. Nikola obviously deserved. I mean, he deserved it. Don't get me wrong. The stats he put up, the offensive beast he was. I mean, you couldn't stop him, right? But I think if we're talking about most valuable player to a team, that would have to be Joel Embiid to the Philadelphia 76ers because even after they went out and got James Harden they still struggled without Joel Embiid for those two games against the Miami Heat and then once he came back the whole series kind of changed in a way because we completely saw the Sixers kind of take a 360 and they're like oh, okay we're going to play with energy and we're going to play with passion again which they did not have when it was just James Harden and then also the fact that Joel Embiid was averaging like 40 points 10 assists, 10 rebounds a game pretty much, or something absurd. You know what I mean? It, it looked like Joel Embiid deserved it, away, deserved it a lot more. Now, Nikola Jokic also deserved it too, and that's what kind of makes it hard because they both were well-deserving of it, but a lot of people did felt that, hey, Joel Embiid did deserve to kind of edge out and get the NBA MVP. Now, nothing less, it's not the end of the world. Joel Embiid, you know, is currently in the playoffs. Nikola Jokic is not. That's what kind of ended that whole conversation. And the fact that Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets literally barely didn't get swept by the Golden State Warriors, losing 4-1 to one in the first round, that definitely did not help his case for a lot of fans. But regardless, he is well-deserving of the MVP. So congratulations to the Joker for getting back-to-back -back MVPs. Now, guys... Not a lot of baseball news going on right now. Uh, we actually almost had two no-hitters in back-to-back -back days. So Nestor Cortez going against the Texas Rangers on Monday. He, I think he had, I want to say, seven and two, like seven and two-thirds innings pitched. And then um, Eli White for the Texas Rangers actually got a middle-of-the-field hit and erased that no-hit bid for Nestor Cortez. But Nestor Cortez continues to shine as one of the better pitchers right now in all of the MLB, National League, and American League. So watch out for Nasty Nestor to continue to just 
dominate your team's favorite player. Um, and then next, we it was on Tuesday. We had Justin Verlander taking on the Minnesota Twins. We got to see Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa reunite after Carlos Correa joined the Minnesota Twins in the offseason. Let's just say Justin Verlander absolutely terrorized the um, Minnesota Twins. Now, it, now, he didn't have a strikeout you know, fest. He only had, I think, six or seven strikeouts at most. And then, you know, obviously his defense kind of carried him. But nonetheless, still an amazing game by Justin Verlander and continues to kind of defy, I guess you could say, father time because dude is, what, 55 years old and he's still pitching like like he's, you know, Cy Young contending. But nonetheless, guys, I hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I want to make sure that, you know, I let y'all get on with the rest of y'all's day, but I wanted to make sure that I did give y'all all the important news from the past couple days since the last day that I recorded. Now, guys, before I do let y'all go, please make sure that you're following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce. Guys, I hope you'll have a fantastic Wednesday. I know I'm definitely going to have a fantastic Wednesday. I get to watch my Dallas Stars take on the Calgary Flames. The series is currently tied 2-2. Two to two. I'm either going to be really happy going to sleep tonight or I'm going to be really, really, really ticked off. So, anyway, guys, I hope you all have a fantastic, you know, next couple days and i will see y'all back here on friday peace